Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hi, everyone. It's me. (laughs) Here's your little bonus episode. I don't know how long it's going to go on for. It depends how long I waffle with answers to questions. But I just had a couple of questions that I really wanted to get done before we break for the summer break. So here we are. Here we are. And the first one comes from Lisa. And Lisa says, Dear Hannah, I really love your podcast and would like to hear your opinion to the following question. What do you think about loved ones in the spirit world visiting us in our dreams? I know that you think that there is just light and love in the spirit world and that the souls don't have to suffer or endure something negative. And for 95%, I share this belief. But this question is related to an experience I had a few years ago that is responsible for the 5% doubt. Here is the story. A few weeks after my grandpa died, I had a dream of him that felt very, very different to my normal dreams. In this dream, I kind of met him and he begged and insisted that I should pray for him so he can go further higher because it seemed he was kind of unhappy, stuck and very penitent. 
I remember it really vividly and intense, therefore I really think it wasn't a normal dream. I was raised Catholic, so maybe the idea of purgatory influenced me, but the deep longing for justice inside of me also wants to believe that perpetrators have to experience some kind of purification. I don't really know. If my grandpa was a perpetrator in any way, but he was part of the Second World War, and you never know what a war makes out of people. In the dream, I really had a feeling that he was processing his mistakes in life, and I knew in the dream that he was dead and I was dreaming. And I never dream lucidly, so this made the dream even more extraordinary. And because I believe that prayers are a form of directed energy, I do believe they can change reality. Foremost, the prayer himself or his perception, but maybe energy frequencies of other souls too. To end the story, I prayed for my grandfather that he will find the way to God, who is for me the eternal love and consciousness that holds the world together, and that he is guided by angels and Jesus to a better feeling state. And I never dreamed of him this way again, which isn't evidence of me being a pray you out of hell girl, I know, and I'm glad about. So what do you think? Love to hear your opinion. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. I love this question. I love it all. So I think, as always, with every listener question so far, you have answered your own question in the questioning. (laughs) So where do I want to start to this? First of all, I do believe that that dream was a visitation from your grandfather. However, I think that your Catholic upbringing and your programming then restricted your interpretation of what was happening. So when your uh, soul experienced being reunited with your grandfather, that was fine. But then on another level, your brain went, oh, but he has just passed. And this is what I have been taught is to be true. I'm worried about my grandfather. I want him to be okay. Is he okay? And so therefore you started projecting and that got in the way with the dream. And this sort of ties in with everything that I've been talking about recently, about trance and all of that. And this idea that we make ourselves, that we want ourselves to be completely out of the way, that we want it to be 100% spirit and nothing to do with us. And actually that being a very disempowering idea. So understanding that the energy you're experiencing from your grandfather was a collaboration with your energy, I think would be a start and your programming. Now, I do believe that there needs to be some kind of purification. What I do not believe in is purgatory. And they're two different things. So I do believe that souls that do things that are wrong have to experience the going back to the spirit world, going back to their true state and realising that they did horrible things, but not in a punishment space, in a space of unconditional love. And that's the, the bit that seems to cause the sticking point for people, is that we want it to be like it is on earth for people that do us wrong, where there is a judgment. But in my experience of spirit, there is no judgment, there is only love. So that doesn't mean that the soul doesn't feel unhappiness about the choices they made as a human. It means that they feel that unhappiness in a place of unconditional love and forgiveness. That is different. There is no 
for me, hierarchy of spirits where spirits say you are not good enough, you can't enter through the pearly gates now because you need to look at what you've done. And on a more complex exploration of that, I want us all to think as well about bad things that people do and whether they are really bad. Now, I know we could go to extremes here with murderers, paedophiles, war, um, rapists. We could go down the really dark alleys of the really horrible stuff that we know is definitely bad. But then we have a grey area, don't we? We have the area of being a bit bitchy. I can be a bit bitchy. I know that my soul isn't bitchy. I know that's my human judgmental state. I know that I form a lot of opinions. I know that is my superpower, but it is also a problem. Um, And perhaps I don't hold the best space of grace for other people that I perhaps should. Should I be held in contempt of the spirit world for that? Maybe. And that is something we just don't know. I can't tell you for sure what is going to happen to me. Now, what about the times that people do bad stuff, but for good reason? And here's a good example. I see a lot of people online getting very critical when somebody has an affair. Now, I get that having an affair is not ideal. I get that. I get that in the society that we have created, people would stay true to the person that they've signed up for life with through hell and high water. And that all makes sense, doesn't it, when it's separate and it's somebody else and you say, well, you should stay because you made a vow or you have children, you should be unhappy until it's us. And then when you realise that you are falling in love with somebody else, or you are desperately unhappy and seeking validation from somebody else and making a terrible mistake, are you a bad person or are you just a person? And there would be people and some of the teachings of the Catholic Church, for example, that would say that you would go to purgatory slash hell, um, depending on which version of the Bible you're reading, for committing the sin of adultery. But also, what happens if you are married and with all the best intentions in the world, you make that marriage vow and then 20 years in, you bump into, I mean, I don't really believe in soulmates, but let's just say that we do. Um, You bump into your soulmate in Tesco, in the Fraser Isle. And in that moment, your whole life gets flips upside down and your soul recognises their soul and you want to be together. And so... I think as humans, we like to judge and it's part of the society that we live in. I think we're going through a big eruption of judgment now with social media giving a voice to perhaps people who shouldn't have it and working through that. And I think that is actually part of our evolution. We need to have it amplified so we can look at the our own judgments and our own levels in an ideal world. We wouldn't be those people, but we are them. Um, And I challenge anybody to tell me they've never judged anybody about anything ever. So where does that fit in with this idea? So it becomes 
difficult when there is well that person shouldn't should go to hell for that act but not me because I didn't mean to hurt that person and I didn't do it with intention and yes I did but I didn't mean it it was just the place that I was in so I shouldn't be in hell and then we have a really difficult interesting space to look at and so always with all spiritual practices and I was just talking about this on the retreat I take it back to me and my children because I really think that that is the best way of really looking at things because I love my children to infinity and beyond of course and I know that they will make mistakes and I've seen them make mistakes but I also know that's part of their journey do I want them to be punished for their mistakes no do I think they need to learn from them and receive outcomes from those mistakes yes Will I support them and let them make mistakes that I feel that they need to learn for their growth? Yes, I'm not as good at it as spirit is, but I still try. So therefore, the idea that um, my son could make a mistake and go to hell or purgatory for it is difficult. Say, for example, he is driving. He's an adult by then. He's nearly there, to be honest. And he very stupidly is changing the music in his car as he drives along. And in that moment, he accidentally hits an old lady who's crossing the road. And it's terrible. And that old lady dies. And her family would probably take comfort from the thought that my son would go to hell. But as his mother... Yes, he made a mistake. Yes, it was stupid. Yes, it would have cost someone's life. But there was no intentionality behind it. So I would know that his soul would need to be sorry for that. But I also wouldn't feel that there was punishment for that because spirit can see all truths. I know I'm going on but I just like sitting and playing around with it, which is why I saved this one for an extra episode because I knew I was going to be lengthy in it. So that is that. Now, the power of prayer. Oh, I'm going to trigger everybody now. If you get triggered, uh, just just go forward 10 minutes or something. I don't know. But I don't really believe in the power of prayer. <laughs> I believe in the power of prayer on a personal level. I believe in the opening up and the expansion and the asking for what you want. But I do not believe in the power of prayer having control over anybody else because I do not believe that um, that we can control anybody else in a universe of free will and choice. And so if we Oh, I don't know. It's re- it's a really complex one to explain. I'm trying to find the words. So, here's a good example. You're a you're an old lady. Or maybe you're not an old lady. Maybe you're a young lady. And you have been unwell for years. And you are on your deathbed and you are getting ready to move into the spirit world. And you are there, unconscious, with your eyes shut. And you are feeling nothing but relief. Nothing but that feeling of being back to your home, 
back to the place where it is easier, being reunited with your loved ones in the spirit world. But your loved ones who are here in the physical don't want you to go yet. And so they are praying to God, to the spirit world, to keep you here. Whose prayer should be answered in that scenario? And this is the problem with prayer. Because prayer, to offer prayer, is to offer in a, judge, a judgment. When you're offering it to somebody else, you're actually with yourself too. You are offering a judgment. You are saying that is not right and we should make it better. But who are we to make those decisions? And it's the same when you're asking for things for yourself. We all know from law of attraction, don't we, that the, the asking should be done and, and forgotten about almost. I want this. I know you've got it in hand. The more that you are asking for it and sitting in it, the more you are looking at the lack of it, the more that you are looking at the lack of it, the more you are creating resistance that stops it from happening. So if you're praying for something every day, and you're sitting in that energy of, I'm waiting for this, I'm waiting for this, I'm waiting for this. You're actually focusing on the lack of it, not the receiving of it. And so therefore, you're making it less likely to happen. You are judging its lack of manifestation in your life. So I don't believe in the power of prayer in the way that it is used. I believe in it for communing with spirit. I believe in it for the attitude of gratitude and connecting to God force and saying thank you for everything you've got and everything that you want and you need. I believe in it for that. But I do not believe in it in changing an outcome for somebody else because there is free will and choice. And I do not believe in a God where a God would say, you did war crimes, Lisa's grandfather, so you have to go to purgatory. Oh, Lisa has prayed, so that's okay, your crimes are lessened. Because when we look at serial killers, yes, yeah, some serial killers come from horrible backgrounds, but some serial killers have parents that love them. And so whose prayers are answered in that scenario? The, the parents of the people that were murdered who want retribution or the mother whose child has been put to death because of the crimes that they committed, hoping that they move on to a better place and they are healed. And so that's why I think it's a very complex and crazy thing to think about. So I believe in the power of prayer for changing your life, Lisa. I believe in it for communing with God. I believe in it for being grateful and saying thank you and opening yourself up to a new energy and holding a space with spirit for your highest good. But I do not believe in it for changing an outcome. And I'm sorry to say that I do not believe that you changed your grandfather moving into the spirit world because he was already there. Now, the thing is, that's really interesting, I think, with all of these ideas about people getting stuck and stuff like that, is the idea of believing in it and feeling a release from it. So, Lisa, I'm not taking away from your whole experience here, because maybe your spirit knew that what you needed was that experience with your grandfather so that you could ha feel active in helping his passing process so that you could make peace with it. And so maybe your spirit gave you this experience for exactly that reason. So there's a cleverness of the way that spirit work with us 
through our own levels of consciousness and understanding that shifts as we shift and grow. So if you do believe that, then to a certain extent, you did help him because you you helped your idea of him. You helped the energy of him that you were holding on to. Not his immortal soul in my belief system, but perhaps the energy of him that you were keeping for you. Does that make sense? I think I need to go and have a lie down in a dark space. I hope it does. And this leads quite nicely into something else I wanted to talk to you guys about today, which is my lovely Cindy uh, messaged me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, about a show that she watches called The Dead Files. And so I looked it up to have a little look at it yesterday and to see whether I thought it was real because... It's also really interesting. I did not know of this show um, that is out there teaching people about entities. And so I watched it and was horrified at the, I mean, I know it's TV. I know it's TV. But if this is what people are watching and then they're messaging me and saying demons do exist, Hannah, it's so bloody damaging. Um, So if if you watch it, all I want you to do is just watch it with a bit of discernment because the medium in it um, was going around and to my view, in the one episode I watched, so it might be different in other ones, she was working psychically. She wasn't working with the spirit world. She was working with residual energy. You've got two women, a mother and a daughter, and the daughter's daughter, who live in a house, and they are scared because they believe that there is a negative entity living in it. So the medium is walking through the energy they have propagated, which is their fear. And the medium is being very dramatic. I feel sick in this energy. This energy is in my head. But there was nothing evidential at all. Not one thing. The people who lived in the house said that they got some sort of physical phenomena in it every single day. And not only was there none captured on camera, they didn't even try and capture any on camera. If you're there and they're saying that things are happening, then let's see it. Nothing. And um, I think the worst bit for me really was, well, there were two bits and I'm going to tell you about both of them. They looked, they have a detective that works in this that backs up her findings and it was all very ambiguous and dramatic. For example, 
there was a child murdered in the neighbourhood. Not in the house, no connection with the actual property itself, but in the neighbourhood. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure in this day and age that there's probably been a murder in every neighbourhood in the annals of history, if we're honest. But no, that was a sign that it was a, a demon or negative attachment. But he went and visited with a couple and the man, his mother lived in that house and she was an owner. She was a nice lady. She died at an old age. They gave a lovely picture of her smiling and looking very sweet. And that then became evidence that that woman had moved into the spirit world, a lovely old lady, and then decided to pin down the woman in her bed who was obviously having those crazy dreams that people have sleep sleep not apnea you know the thing I mean paralysis she was obviously experiencing that which is a psychological thing and they said it was the lady that lived in the house holding her down why 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 would a nice old lady who goes through the natural process that we will all go through of dying and she was lucky enough to die at an old age in the home that she loved why would she now be pinning people down and freaking them out it was so disappointing I mean it was great it was very entertaining but it was so disappointing to me and um then the worst bit the medium got a artist to draw a really creepy picture of what she had seen while she was going around the house looking for negative energy. Now, I'm not denying that negative energy was there. And I'm not denying that sometimes when you interpret a negative energy, when you're picking it up, your brain goes through its Rolodex of uh, information and it will bring up an image from your things that you have experienced that says to you, this is really creepy. And that's exactly what happened. She had a creepy little boy that was lying under the bed and creeping out the child and moving the child and, and scaring the child. When actually what happened was the child had picked up on all the energy that her mother and her grandmother were propagating and wasn't experiencing it for herself. And um, she said to the detective, I'm scared the spirit's going to scratch me. The grandmother had a scratch that she said the spirit had done. And the little girl has obviously heard them talking about it. She had no scratches. And um, they drew this really spooky picture and offered it as evidence. But I could draw pictures and say there's a demon next to somebody and draw a little boy with blank eyes and creep everybody out. That's not evidence. There was no history of a little boy dying in that house or any anything that might make it reasonable. There was just nothing. And do you know what the advice was that the medium gave them? The advice of the medium was for them to go see a Reiki master for the little girl and have a healing session on her, which will help her. Um, no doubt, Reiki helps everybody. And then for them to do a grounding meditation. So that is all that a dark entity needs, guys, just so you know. From the expert who's been there freaking out, saying she feels sick, saying she feels attacked, saying it's causing physical damage, all you need to do is a grounding meditation. And then the demon is gone. And the mind boggles about the lack of discernment in the viewing public. But it was fun to watch. So if you're watching it and enjoying it, no shade, no shame. But it's really interesting. Really, if we really believe in demons, do we think that a 
meditation is going to get rid of them because there's a lot of us meditating now. Meditating, meditationing, meditate, meditate. Anyway, there's a lot of us doing stuff. Um, what? Just what? So it's a really interesting thing because because they believe in that, it will work. That's the irony because all that energy needed to do to shift was a change in mindset, was them opening the doors and asking it to leave and it will leave, working with the intention of fresh, higher vibrational energy coming in and it will be there and then allowing themselves to change their thought process that these bad things are no longer there. That's all that it takes to get rid of energy like that. But people don't want that. They want the drama of it. Because all a meditation will do is change your energy, which changes how you perceive the physical world. Everything that you are experiencing in the physical is through your own filter of the vibrational frequency that you are at. That's when you move into spirit, you are instantly in a higher frequency. So you're not limited by this stuff anymore. And so it will work for them because they believe it will work. But I do worry about the damage it has caused. Those two women were petrified. They were crying. They were absolutely petrified. And what is the cost of that bit of entertainment for those two who now believe that there really has been a demon in their house without one bit of evidence whatsoever? Craziness. Okay, I've got one more voice note and then we are done. Hey, Hannah, Juan from NYC, from New York City. I'm curious to hear from you what recommendation you have for somebody who is in a partnership, romantic partnership, in a relationship with somebody who is either one, a complete skeptic, or two, believes this stuff is real and wants nothing to do with it, is maybe afraid of it, maybe has the attitude of, I, I know you do this, I know you're a medium or a psychic, and I believe it's true, but I don't want to have anything to do with it. You go over there and do your thing, I'm over here. <laughs> because maybe they're nervous, so they're afraid of the unknown or the mysterious, or um, what What would be your recommendation for her? Like, what kind of conversation would you suggest having with a romantic partner who is either a skeptic or just a little nervous about this stuff, but yet encourages us to do what we love to do because it is what we love to do? I ask because in past episodes you have shared your experience with this and I would love to hear more because I, I'm wondering if it's something that that many folks who listen to you and equally adore you as much as I do adore you and your podcast, if it's something that they also wonder or that they've been in similar situations and experiences with people they've dated or romantic partners and partnerships they're currently in right now. Thanks, Hannah. As always, love what you do, and I'm always excited for an episode. Hey, my friend Juan, great to hear from you again. I love I love having the voice notes. I just smile all the way through because I can hear your voice and I like it and I can imagine you speaking. Okay, um, yeah, so you're right, Juan. Um, I have been in exactly that situation. I still kind of am in that situation. And um, my belief is very clear here. You don't, you just don't talk about it with them. <laughs> it's the best advice I can give anybody, whether they're a skeptic or whether they believe but they're afraid, just respect their boundary. 
don't talk to them about it. And it's a bit nuts because I have been on this bat shit crazy journey and my husband doesn't know the half of it. Um, and as I've gone on the journey, there have been bits that have bubbled out of me with excitement that I have shared with him. But he doesn't know everything. And that's not a horrible thing. It's just his nice thing. Just like he's a financial advisor. And when he starts going on about different funds for pensions, I could not be less interested. And I think this is important. We've got this kind of dialogue going in the world that we are two halves of a whole. Me and Alex are not two halves of a whole. I'm a whole person and he gets to experience the wholeness of me, (laughs) whether he wants it or not. But no, in seriousness, I'm a whole person. I don't um, need him to complete me. And um, I know that sometimes he wishes I was a bit more romantic slash needy, but I am who I am. (laughs) And so my belief is very simple. You have different things that you talk about with different people. I am very lucky. I have um, two really good friends, my friend Sue, my friend Amanda, and I can talk to them about the nitty gritty of mediumship and spirituality and thank God for them Um, because I don't know. I mean, without Sue, I don't know what I'd have done without Sue over the last 10 years um, because we've been on the journey together and there's been a lot of parallels. So there's been a lot of um, I'm experiencing this while I'm experiencing that. And then we talk about it and we realise that actually it's the same experience, but different. And we can kind of integrate it together. And I love that. And Amanda has really held a space for me to be able to explore. So, for example, I've got to give a shout out at this point to a another Sue. Um, Sue, I won't give your surname Sue, but Sue has messaged me to say that she doesn't agree um, with everything I said about trance. And she's, we've had a really lovely, respectful uh, back and forth about it. And now I'm processing her answers. So Sue, I'm not ignoring you and I will cover trance and your points and where I feel like I'm at with it. Once I work out where I'm at with it. (laughs) I'm not there yet. So um, I need to just kind of let that unfold a bit more. Anyway, back to your question. So I think to be happy in your spiritual development, you need to find your tribe, your community. And that is why when I was developing the Mediumship Matters Spiritual School, I did the Coffee and Questions sessions, which I hold twice a month because... For some of us, these are our only chances to discuss our experiences and the things that are coming up for us. And that's okay. You cannot expect your partner to be all things for you. Um, So there are bits where Alex and I come together and we make a great team um, because of the way that we work together. And we've been married 18 years. I wasn't a medium when we met. I didn't even know the spirit world really existed when we met. I had the belief that it did. I didn't know I was communicating with them. I wasn't doing all this batshit crazy stuff. And so I respect that it is not Alex's thing. And that's okay. It can still be my thing. 
um, just like you have relation uh, partnerships where one person is a runner and the other one isn't. It doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. Different strokes for different folks. So that's my my absolute bottom line is don't try to be the converter. Don't try to bring them on the journey with you. They will be changed by being in your presence. They will be changed as your energy changes because energy speaks to energy and you will reflect things out of you that will create transformation in them. But it is not your job to convince them. And I've just heard my son getting up. It's nearly two o'clock, so it's definitely time for him to be getting out during the summer. (laughs) And... um, you know, he doesn't believe. And I don't go, okay, well, I'm going to prove to you, Toby, that the spirit world exists. I say, okay, because I trust that he will find it when he's supposed to find it, or that it is not part of his journey to believe in it while he is here. Because who am I to say what is right for somebody and what is wrong for somebody? And never, ever tell Alex this. It's top secret. But sometimes his lack of belief has been a really good and big trigger for me. Sometimes his sceptical, analytical approach to mediumship has made me look at things differently and has made me work harder and delve deeper for an answer and has therefore helped my unfoldment and my understanding. So there is magic in a sceptic as long as they are not being like poor Kayla's sceptic the other day where they're closed off to it. There is magic in believing but being afraid and and not wanting to be a part of it. And that's okay. Just like Spirit found all of us at exactly the right time for us, um, they will find your partner at the right time for them if indeed there is a right time for them. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that answers your question. I do think when we start working with spirit, we get this kind of, I want to take everybody on this journey with me. I want to open it up for them. I want to to take them along for the ride. It's changed my life. I want it to change yours too. And it's just something you have to allow. For example, I was really into Abraham Hicks um, a year ago, maybe. And I really tried to get Alex to listen to it. I said, just one, they have little tiny podcasts, one little podcast a day, it'll be really good for you. But he just resolutely did not want to. And then I realised that I was being that person that you're not supposed to be, where I was trying to force my journey onto him. He has his own journey, his own experiences, his own lessons that his soul will teach him as and when is the right time to. And it is not my job to get involved with that. So there we go. Bonus episode finished. I think, I hope that I've answered all of the questions that I received up until mid-July. And then anything from that date um, will be answered in September. Please do get your questions in for season four. And thank you all so much for being part of uh, season three, which has exceeded my wildest dreams. Have a good one. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.